0: Precure, podcast engage! The surging seas roll within me, I am Cure Ocean.
1: The raging fires burn within me, I am Cure Flare. Our music drowns out discordant chaos. Together we play the symphony of life. Nature's <laughs> harmony, Pretty Cure. Cure.
0: Welcome to Pretty Cure Podcast Engage, a show where two best friends watch every episode of the popular Magical girl series, Pretty Cure. I'm Brendan. And I'm Tess. Today, we're watching Futariwa Pretty Cure, episode 24, Decisive Battle, Pretty Cure vs. Ilkubo. The English dub actually kept the title. They just translated that first part uh, as a match point because I guess they like tennis in Canada. Uh, the original air date was July 18th, 2004, and the English dub aired August 13th, 2009.
1: That gap, man! So,
0: we begin with a recap of last episode to, you know, remind us where the stakes are. Ilkubo has kidnapped the Prism Hopish and its guardian. He has five out of seven Prism Stones... And uh, the worst part is, he is, he's, like, uber-powerful. He, he's, like, he can shrug off a marble screw. And, like, that's the only real trick they got, so the girls have no clue what they're gonna do.
1: This is making me wonder why, uh, the Dark King didn't just send Ilkubo first?
0: The law of mini-boss effectiveness, you gotta throw a joke villain at him first, like, what's-his-nuts-with-the-kabuki-makeup? Pissard! And then you can move on to more legitimate threats like poisoning.
1: Oh, um, just a quick note. Uh the episode title is a goddamn lie. Because we are halfway through the series.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it is their decisive battle against Ilkubo, if they can't beat him, they're shafted. <laughs> uh so we trans uh we uh what is it, transpose?
1: Transport?
0: No. Uh, We pair this, like, really solemn opening with the bright and cheery opening theme. And when we get back, the vice principal is telling the... Hold on. And when we get back from the opening, uh, we are still at camp, like we have been for the last episode or two. And the vice principal tells everybody that the power's out, the phone lines have been cut, And, uh, this is really scary, but as long as everybody just, like, eats dinner and goes straight to bed, they're gonna go home first thing tomorrow morning.
1: Remain calm. Nobody panic. It's only the end of the world.
0: Yeah, he starts freaking out, like, they're all going to perish of exposure on the mountaintop.
1: I mean, you're not wrong.
0: (laughs) But they're in, like, this really nice facility. It's not like they're in tents or anything.
1: This training camp is intense also uh
0: this all has a vaguely horror movie-esque feel to it if only because they're in an isolated area with no means of contact to the outside world yeah if we don't seem too enthused uh the truth is we recorded half of this episode and then my computer just restarted so we're kind of rehashing so sorry if we're not like on on until halfway through the episode transparency and then
1: uh, uh someone's uh someone's alarm goes off and it's just the halloween theme and everyone freaks the fuck out. i'm just kidding <laughs> wait the vice principal says i'm sure that your parents will see your young faces soon um,
0: sir sir if you're trying not to make these girls panic you're doing a terrible job
1: they're all like 12 leave them alone Uh, The
0: actual principal just tells everybody that they're going to be fine and that they're leaving first thing in the morning. And then the adults leave.
1: Oh, um, in English, the vice principal mentions that they're going to hike down the mountain instead of being picked up by the buses.
0: Even though the buses still show up at the end of the episode anyway. Yeah. So once the principal and vice principal leave, Shiho tries to talk to Nakisa about how she's freaked out. Uh, But Nagisa is, like, completely (laughs) vacant. Rina tells Shihō to leave Nagisa alone so she can bother Honoka. Honoka is also zonked out.
1: They're both staring at about the same spot on the table.
0: Yeah, they're both, like, in the middle distance. And then they stand up as a single unit. (laughs) And then the episode title card shows up. So that night, uh, we kind of get some establishing shots that it's, like, the middle of the night. Everybody else is asleep.
1: And English just can't have dramatic silence, so they're all- So, uh, Natalie and Hannah are just talking through it.
0: Yep, they're talking through it because they can't have any silence.
1: Not at all! This is English, damn it! Something needs to happen!
0: So, either way, Nagisa tries to summon the Prism Hopish, But, uh- they just can't get through because I guess wherever they took the Hopish, there's no cell reception. Mipple wants to go after Ilkaba right away and Mipple tells her that's kind of a bad idea because if they don't have a plan, they're just really risking the two prism stones they've got left. And Mipple says that's not good enough and if nobody's going to do it, she'll do it herself. And she starts inchworming her little cell phone body along the windowsill. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's really cute and some nice comic relief in this trying time especially because she falls off of the windowsill and transforms into her mascot animal Masc- form, mascot form that's it
0: So uh the girls are like really, everyone's at a loss and as they are you know, like In the existential dread of feeling utterly impotent to deal with the situation, some ominous clouds roll in and cover the full moon, which is not a terrible sign at all. Mm -mm. So, um, outside, Jason climbs out of Crystal Lake and the principal, or the vice principal, why is the vice principal more of a character than the actual principal? Why does he get a name and the principal doesn't? Um,
1: I think it's Kind of similar to why everyone remembers um, Morooka-sensei from Persona 4 and not the horrible lady who replaces him after things happen.
0: Washi-something-sensei? Big-titty-sensei?
1: Because he has enough personality that you remember him more. Being a lackey is a personality. Being a principal kind of isn't.
0: Uh, The vice principal says that it's, like, really cold and spooky, and then he just kind of collapses. And, like, there's this shot of his flashlight falling to the floor and shattering because, I guess, flashlights in 2004- It's not
1: made of plastic?
0: Yeah, you would think in 2004 it'd be plastic, but no. And uh, he just kind of falls.
1: His glasses are fine, though.
0: And the next morning, it it is so bright and sunny outside, it looks like it's about 10 o'clock. And oh, yeah. Nagisa wakes up. And Nagisa looks like pretty confused at how bright it is because they were told they needed to wake up early.
1: And I'm pretty certain that Nagisa has never been the first one to wake up for anything in her life.
0: She gets down from her bunk... And everybody else is still asleep, and Shihō is actually like in the middle of the floor, face down. <laughs> Thankfully, there's not a knife in her back. Uh, <laughs> and like Nagisa rolls her over to try to wake her up, but she's just gone. Uh, Honoka runs in, and she's sorry. Glad that-
1: I I half expected after they turned Shihō over, to just her face be a skull, <laughs> no skin. She's she's dead. No, they're all just sleeping. Yeah, they're all like
0: sleeping beauteously. And because they are each other's true loves, they can't wake up any of these people. (laughs) And Honoka like runs into the room and says she's glad Nagis is okay. But then when she goes out of the room, she acts like she's surprised that Akane is passed out out there. So I don't know how she didn't see Akane slumped against the wall.
1: She was too worried about her girlfriend.
0: You know what? That's fair. Love blinds. (laughs) Nagisa tries to to wake Akane up, but it's no use. Nothing they're doing is working.
1: Well, something I do like is that in English, at least I noticed it, they added snoring sound effects to make it drive it home that they're not dead. They're just asleep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the girls go to find the like the teachers and nagisa goes to the vice principal and hanukkah for the actual principal (laughs) and when they like get back together they run into each other full tilt and smack their faces together
1: and then they kiss
0: so they realize that something fishy is going on.
1: And Everyone aside from you is passed out. What do you think is happening?
0: That's when the doors burst open and gale force winds start coming through them. So the girls fight their way outside through the gales. And there is a tornado outside. Just a full tornado. And Ilkabo standing in the center of it. And uh, he explains that, you know, NBD uh, just sucked the life energy out of everybody at the camp.
1: You girls are annoying.
0: Uh, yeah, he, he says he could never believe that the pretty cure are just, like, two junior high girls.
1: His eyes are super creepy, and I love it.
0: Do you know who he reminds me of? Hmm. Budget Piccolo. Yeah! He's just, he's just Piccolo in a onesie and a snuggie.
1: (laughs) With a friendship necklace.
0: From Gohan, of course. (laughs) So yeah, Ilkubo's got this like ball of life energy that is never going to come back, actually. And (laughs) Ilkubo says that he can't give the energy back because it belongs to the Dark King now. And uh, this gets the girls fired up, so they square up and transform.
1: I'm sorry, I forgot that I wrote this line, and I wrote it like two hours ago. It was like, I hold your fate in my gross misshapen hand.
0: <laughs>
1: also, um,
0: I really love the Futariwa transformation for how simple it is. It works. I love that they look like they're made out of liquid metal or something.
1: Oh, gosh, Right. That's why they can't be attacked. They're made of mercury while they're transforming.
0: That's toxic.
1: I'm it's toxic. Under. I'm under. <laughs> oh, I missed you.
0: God, we're
1: back, baby. <laughs> so the quarantine got nothing on us.
0: So black and white run in for like a tandem punch, but. Ilkubo literally just has to, like, put up a hand to deal with one of them. And uh, when he gets tired of, like, smacking their hands away, he does, like, a telekinetic carry screen and throws them through some plate glass windows. (laughs) Thankfully, they're cures, so they're fine. But they're already looking pretty beat up. And Ilkubo says that he is here to administer the will of the Dark King, and that in a short while... Their whole reality will look like this and conjures up this illusion, question mark, of like a totally wrecked Tokyo.
1: At one point, he says, I hold your fate in my hand while holding the um, ball of life energy. Mm-hmm. His hand is super gross looking.
0: <laughs> Isn't that why you said it, I hold your destiny in my gross misshapen hand?
1: It looks like he has a goiter on his hand. What the hell?
0: He's from the Dark Zone.
1: The Dark Zone goiter.
0: Like, he's just kicking their asses. And- And then we get a commercial break. Oh, no. We get a commercial break because he throws them against one of these, like, wrecked buildings. And it starts to collapse on them. And, like, just before it hits, commercial break.
1: Commercial break, they're about to die. Fun, jaunty commercial break music.
0: Jaunty commercial break, pharmaceutical medication (sighs) advertisement.
1: I love the juxtaposition, which I think is the word you were looking for earlier.
0: Thank you. (laughs) So commercial break, and we're back. (laughs) Uh, The cures, like, instead of letting the... Like the rubble crushed them, and making his life easy, ilkabo like blasts it away because uh you know if the cures are crushed he they can't lead him to the other stones.
1: if the cures are crushed, he has to get his hands dirty and dig for the prism stones. He's not gonna do that. Have you seen his manicure?
0: Have you seen his hand goiter? It'll get aggravated Ooh. <laughs> uh. Black suggests that they try the marble screw, and it didn't work last time, but they don't have any other options, so we do the whole stock footage attack with, like, dramatic tension music underneath it.
1: Not the usual music, oh no. Uh-uh.
0: <laughs> That's how you know it does. it's not going to work. The instrumentation is different. So, of course, it fails, and uh, the girls decide that they're going to need a miracle to beat Ico- uh, Ilkibo. And if they do need a miracle, they're gonna make it happen.
1: I love that. That sentiment is the coolest thing out of this episode. I mean, this episode is really good, but make your own miracle. It's rad. So
0: uh, Black notices the uh, incredibly obvious friendship necklace because it's like this purple jewel, and he's in a uh, beige terry cloth bathrobe.
1: It has From the Dark King on it.
0: They made it at Evil Summer Camp. <laughs> so Blacktail's tells White to focus on the pendant. So of course he keeps blocking them when they try to attack. But then White does a flying corkscrew kick. Which looks pretty cool.
1: Ninjetti Falcon corkscrew kick.
0: <laughs> so they destroy the Triceratops monster and they get to continue on their way to find the power. <laughs> uh, and then Black follows up with the exact same attack. This, both of their attacks hit this time, and uh, the illusion ends. And then Ilkubo says he is done holding back and just starts throwing explosions at them. Not
1: before like, that. Not like fire. Before that, he acts like he got kicked in the nuts. Well, he's throwing because, of course. Wear your weak spot on the front of your shirt.
0: (laughs) Like a Z-putty. By throwing explosions, I don't mean like fireballs or energy blasts. No, he just points his hands and stuff starts exploding.
1: Kaboom. Like,
0: Like tokusatsu explosions. Not even like dangerous looking ones. Stuff just goes kablooey. Black and white run through the forest and then they hit a cliff. So it is a dead end, and Ikebo has them cornered.
1: It's a cliffhanger?
0: Basically. Uh, the cures, like the fanny packs where they keep mipple and mepple, <laughs> they start glowing. Actually, do you know what my favorite thing about those fanny packs is? What? The obviously chunky plastic connector. <laughs>
1: I was like, oh no, our plastic clips!
0: Yeah, the like, those not even good LL Bean plastic clips. No, those things are cheap as hell.
1: There is no warranty on those.
0: Whatsoever. And, like, the fanny packs start glowing and the, like, the actual transformation devices, so Mipple and Mipple cell phone forms start getting, like, Magnetized and pulled towards Ilkabo. And, like, the cures actually get dragged, like, a good foot or so before he rips the red and blue rainbow crest of prism stones <laughs> out of Mipple and Mepple.
1: You know, I just noticed something. Mipple sounds like bubbles. She kind of does.
0: So, uh, now Ilkabo has all seven stones, and they start just throwing out rainbows. (laughs) Like an actually really cool lens flare effect. Well, not lens flare. Um, What do you call it? What is that animation technique? To me, it reminds me of the one from Chowder where it was like moving the pattern was stationary, but the things around it moved. Do you know what I mean? Um, like to me, it looks like the rainbow animation was on like a different background, and somehow they like chroma keyed it. But it's 2004, and I think that's a little advanced for 2004.
1: It was neat, whatever it was. Yeah, it was
0: just a really cool animation effect. Honestly, I probably shouldn't be surprised if it's just traditionally animated really well. <laughs> this is Toei after all.
1: <laughs> Japans. <laughs> I read that completely wrong. <laughs>
0: um. Oh. Uh. I. I will tell you what I read wrong when we get to it. Perfect. So, uh, Ilkabo claims that the Dark Tang will be complete. The dark, uh, the dusk zone shall rule all.
1: Indoor plumbing. It's gonna be big.
0: The two stones in his hands start to, like, spew purple smoke. They're not happy with him, whatever it's And the one on his, around his neck starts doing it, too. So, uh, nobody, like, he doesn't know what's going on and the cures don't going on. Uh, Mipple tells them the stones are working as intended. <laughs> so this, like, giant, pure white light is way too strong for Ilkabo. And the red and blue stones go right back to Mipple and Mepple, while Ilkabo's violet one keeps shining until he like collapses.
1: He is not having a good time. And not one to ignore the finish him prompt.
0: Uh, the girl, <laughs> the girls wind up another marble screw, but this time with the proper stock music, and uh, Ilkabo gets straight up vaporized.
1: He. It looks like someone burnt a napkin.
0: He gets mega dusted.
1: Oh, also, Mipple says that they might be able to win now. Thanks for the vote of confidence?
0: Now, Sailor Moon. So the Violet Stone is like the only thing left of him. And so when it was on his necklace, it was this diamond shape. But the minute Honoka picks it up, it turns back into a heart. Because I guess they didn't want a heart-shaped necklace on his character design.
1: I mean, all of the other, um, dark generals, I'm gonna call them, because I'm not sure what they're called, um, had the diamond-shaped pendants, so I guess the evil energy- I guess diamonds are evil? Well, if Steven Universe
0: has taught me anything.
1: They are not a girl's best friend. The the diamonds- (laughs) Unless they're shaped like a heart. (laughs) The diamonds
0: aren't necessarily evil, but they are pretty bad. Like, they've done some pretty bad things. I just feel like I invited a whole bunch of Steven Universe discourse directed at this podcast. Also, what I misread and started laughing about earlier, so what I wrote was, uh, the Violet Stone cladged to the ground and Honoka claims the loot. I read that as Honoka claims the foot. (laughs) So, like, she just takes a souvenir from this dead guy.
1: All that was left of Ilkubo was a pile of ash the friendship necklace and his left foot.
0: <laughs> so the the girls before they go back to camp, they do de transform, and Nagisa is able to call up the Prism Hopish, and the go-
1: um Honoka's Hon- like brings up one of like the um Prism Stone they took from a guy from Ilkabo. And her hand is animated at a quicker frame rate than the rest of her. It is bizarre. Jinkies. It just, it's it's too smooth. Uh,
0: So the the Guardian starts giving him guff about taking so long and saving him. And Nagisa points out they almost died again. Meppel says it's fine. The job got done.
1: And, And Nagisa's like, who are you and what have you done with Mepple?
0: Harnica puts the violet stone in the Hopish. And that means that with the red and blue stones from Mepple and Mepple, they get all seven.
1: Because that's how math works. But
0: uh, instead of putting it all together here, they're going to wait till they get home. So they they go on the bus. Everything gets loaded up. And we seen transition to stately Yukishiro Manor.
1: <laughs> or... A random Japanese house in the middle of... Toronto. Um, where are we? There are two mountain ranges in the U.S.
0: This dub takes place in Canada. <laughs> Why don't you shut up about it and have a cheese on?
1: Can I come in your country?
0: So, up uh, back at Stately Yukishiro Manor, Nana is napping in Seiza pose. Like, the... The traditional japanese kneel she's just <laughs> asleep like that
1: she's had years of practice so
0: while nan is sleeping uh the girls go to i'm guessing this is Honoka's bedroom probably and uh mipple and mepple break out those last two prism stones Honoka puts the
1: they poop Honoka them out puts
0: the blue one in but, like, Nakisa gets, like, weirdly hesitant because she thinks something is weird. Like, something weird is going to happen. Like, the last 23 weeks of her life haven't been weird.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so she does some... Like, she does agree after, like, Mephel razzes her a little bit. She puts the red stone. All seven are now in the hopish, And nothing happens for a little bit. So Nakisa sheds a tear on it. They combine it to one big silver one, and the girls get a power-up, and now they're princesses' serenity.
1: (laughs) The princess serenities.
0: Uh, What actually happens, though, is Nagisa, like, pokes it.
1: (laughs) She hits the button that makes the lights go off.
0: They forgot to put the batteries in. She hits the button on the toy. And it starts (laughs) glowing and radiating so much light that it blows the doors off of the room Nagisa and Honaker are in.
1: Which, to be fair, those kinds of doors are supposed to do that.
0: <laughs> but, like, they just bust off their hinges so the girls run
1: outside. It's not like a usual, uh, it's not like a <laughs> traditional modern door. Those things are on rails. They're supposed to be easily exchangeable.
0: Yeah, they're not traditional Western doors.
1: So it's... It just
0: looks dramatic. And then an honest-to-cure celestial choir kicks in. And the mansion is full of light, and a rainbow starts streaming into the heavens.
1: And Nana is not bothered by this. Also... No, Nana's still asleep. Also, the rainbow. All six colors... Red, yellow, green, teal, blue, and magenta.
0: Oh, are those the colors it's made out of? I didn't check.
1: Yes. But aren't those the colors, the rainbow crystals? If if that's the case, why are there six and not seven?
0: Good point. Weird. (laughs) I guess they wanted a fun rainbow.
1: (laughs) A non-copywritten rainbow? So, we can't written, it's light!
0: Uh, Ignore me. Mepples says that the rainbow is connected directly to the Garden of Light. And, like, this, like, ball of light slides down the rainbow. It looks like a football. Bounces off the floor of Honoka's room and in tried and true fashion just wallops Nagisa in the face. And she even, like, <laughs> makes a comment that it's deja vu.
1: And here's the thing. I haven't seen uh, Futariwa in a while. As soon as this little ball of light came running down the rainbow, I had the exact same feelings as as Nagisa.
0: (laughs) You just went, uh-oh. Oh
1: Oh, no. (laughs) And then the
0: ball of light cracks open and reveals a new fun toy for children. It has a mouse! Uh, Oh, I guess, so it's a laptop.
1: It's a I don't freaking know. It's two thousand four. There's no netbooks.
0: So, like, it looks like a Nintendo DS, but instead of a top screen, there's a new mascot character. It's Porun. Yep, the cure Tendo DS has Porun installed.
1: Ugh. In um English, they call him Porun. No, no, not Porun. Porin. Uh, like I'm pouring some coffee.
0: Polun is here to escort the curious to the Garden of Light. And Nagisa just starts, like, cracking smart about how all of the, like, people from the Garden of Light are just stuffed animals.
1: At first it was Meppo, then Meepo, and now Popo. What the hell? And next is
0: Lulu in next season, but we'll get to her.
1: (sighs) Yeah.
0: And, uh, because I guess, like, they're ignoring the invitation. Poloon starts throwing a fit, which is super endearing. Yeah! And then Mepple says that once Poloon starts crying, he always gets what he wants. Super endearing!
1: Yeah! In English, um, it's one of those situations where he looks like he's throwing a tantrum, But his voice is a little too low, so it sounds like a seven-year-old instead of a three-year-old.
0: The English one was actually kind of funny. It's like, come on, you gotta come to the Garden of Light, because if you don't come to the Garden, the Queen's gonna be disappointed in me.
1: Oh yeah, the Queen summoned them. They have been summoned by the Queen, their boss. (laughs) They have a meeting with upper management. (laughs) And the Elder's gonna be there too.
0: Oh my god, does this mean that Polun is their manager?
1: Oh no! Polun is the manager who got there because of nepotism.
0: So here's how it works. Now, he said Hornica directly report to Mipple and Mepple, and Polun is their boss.
1: <laughs> Polun is good enough at his job that he gets to keep it, but.
0: Um, oh god. Hornica acquiesces to the whims of the tiny lion creature.
1: Because it might be fun. And uh, Nagisa just kind of starts
0: flipping out, and the episode ends with Nagisa screaming her catchphrase, Unto the Heavens.
1: Ani and I! Or, I don't believe this!
0: Uh, and now it's time to get you love love. Modo jam. And uh, after we get the love love and we get the preview for next episode, it is time to decide on the best moment, the worst moment and the MVP of the episode. Okay. Tess, what is your best moment for this episode?
1: My best moment. Shit. <laughs> I forgot we were doing this.
0: You always do.
1: Um My best moment is going to be the fact that this has a really good English dub.
0: Surprisingly, yes. Uh, my best moment for this episode is the... It's not so much a moment as I just love the weirdly horror movie tone that gets set up only to be completely ignored.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Like, honest-to-God slasher movie set up. No, we're too busy dealing with this evil Piccolo wizard. My worst moment for this episode is... Japanese, specifically Japanese Polun throwing a hissy fit. In the English dub, he just sounds like he's, like, whining. In the Japanese dub, it's terrifying. Not terrifying. In the Japanese dub, it's grating.
1: It's a tantrum. It's a full-on tantrum. My worst moment is just Polun in general. You're not a fan of him, are you? No, never
0: have been. And our MVPs for the episode, we have
1: two. It's Charlie and Cassidy. Wait, what? You mean this isn't our usual podcast? No, it's
0: not. <laughs> and I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Hi there, here, Precure Podcast Engage listeners. I'm Brendan. I'm Tess. And we are the hosts of the Magic Winks Clubhouse podcast. Join us every two weeks, every other Friday, as we explore the magical world of Winx Club, the two thousand four Italian magical girls show that's still running. Ah! We're in it for as long of a haul as Charlie and Cassidy. If you're a crossover listener by some small miracle, I do hope you enjoyed hearing Charlie and Cassidy cover episode fifteen of Winx Club for you. <laughs>
1: yeah it turns out they got a filler episode we got something important
0: oopsies <laughs> ah well i'm sure something important's gonna happen next time too and when we get back i do think we have a plot episode to cover Woo-hoo! so if you'd like to find the podcast on twitter you can find us at magic winks pod we're available on podbean which is our host website Uh, We're also on iTunes and Google Podcasts.
1: If you haven't been following this podcast on Twitter, you can follow them at prepodengage. That is P-R-E-P-O-D-E-N-G-A-G-E. Thanks for
0: letting us kind of have fun with you guys for a day. And who Uh, knows, maybe
1: we'll be back in the future. Not April Fool'sing, and as genuine guests.
0: If you want to follow me, Brendan, on Twitter for whatever reason, even though I'm a complete stranger to you, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at SonataWaves S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A V is in victory E-S
1: If you want to follow me, Tess, on Twitter it is at Pocky Slice That is Pocky like the delicious Japanese snack Slice as in a slice of Okonomiyaki
0: Appropriate How do they sign off?
1: You know, I don't remember.
0: (laughs) Uh, well, mm, sorry guys. Uh, signing off. Bye! (laughs) Bye!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the episode, Kiko. I don't, I don't know.